0: Mind Reproduction. Ah, <laughs>
1: People, Welcome or welcome back to My Life Is A Mess Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Rubin, and welcome the fuck board. I am so excited for today's episode because it is our second time having a guest on the show. How freaking exciting. Um, Today we have Mark Stark, a dear close family friend, and we are going to be talking about his um, struggles with dyslexia and how he overcame them. You know, from bullying to business endeavors. Endeover's. Whoa. How the hell am I trying to learn a different language? I'm learning Italian if you don't know when I can't even buckle down on English. This is gonna be a ride. Um, we'll be talking more about that on a different episode. But anyways, back to Mark. Today, we will be going going over it all from his youth to his now adulthood. He's lived a pretty full life so far, and I cannot wait to dive into, you know, everything he's dealt with. So guys, buckle down, get ready, you know, grab some popcorn, we're we're living in a movie right now. What the hell am I saying? I don't know, it just, when I start blabbing like this, it just means we just need to get into it because fuck it, I just won't stop. Another thing I wanna mention is this is only my second interview, so if there's something that you're like, ugh, God, blech, Cringy Lauren, I fully understand. I'm, I'm just trying to get the hang of it. You know, it's not going to be perfect. um, But I do feel like there's a teeny bit of progress. And that's awesome because progress equates to a happy, happy life. Bueno. What the hell? I know you're like listening. You're like, ugh, because that's what I'm doing right now. Anyways, guys let's i'm just gonna shut up and let's just get into the episode with mark stark mark stark love saying his name it is a fun fun name to say let's get into it mark stark mark stark mark stark all right here we go cue the music yourself.
0: My name is Mark and... <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. So really what we're here for is to kind of highlight a time in your life when it felt like a complete mess or just you went through a struggle and kind of how you overcame it and to really take the good from the bad and what you learn from it, your biggest lessons, and it's really to help people who are maybe struggling through something similar or who are just interested in your story and get inspired. First, I want to give a big thank you for Mark coming on the show. I am so thankful for your time and your energy and your effort. So thank you so much, Mark.
0: Well, thanks so much for having me at your beautiful studio <laughs> in Costa Mesa. Yeah, and we're I... in
1: my mom's garage. Yeah, it's <laughs> yes. a
0: great it's a great space here. It's very industrial <laughs> and just love... I just love it here. It's so nice. Oh, that's
1: awesome! Yeah. Well, I'm very and, happy to have you here, Mark. Oh, very thanks so happy. much, and Thank thanks you. for um,
0: having me in your studio. It's really cool here.
1: <laughs> yes, um, very professional. Over here.
0: Very professional.
1: Now let's get let's get into the interview. Um, so I actually only found out recently that Mark had dyslexia, um, which I was like, oh wow, I was really shocked, and he kind of filled me in on some stories from his childhood when you know, people around him weren't really the nicest towards him and didn't really, weren't very understanding or considerate. Um, So why don't you go ahead and just kind of tell us how it all started, where it all began.
0: Great question. Um, It all started when I was in third grade. Okay. And I remember sitting down. And the teacher asked us to read a book, and we would read a sentence. One student would read something, and then we would go on and read other um, paragraphs. And it came to my turn, and I looked at it, and I'm like, Ugh. like nothing was coming out.
1: Yeah. Oh my God. Because okay. I just
0: didn't know how to read. And in fact, I didn't even know the alphabet. I didn't. Oh, wow. I, I knew how to speak. Yeah. But I just didn't know how to comprehend and process reading. So at that time, and this is back in the 70s, yeah. I don't want to date myself. <laughs> but anyhow, back then, there wasn't as many programs as there are today. Yeah. Um, and so I would be more of a living guinea pig of <laughs> back then. And I um, uh, to make a long story short, my mom at the time... Uh, Went to the best specialty uh, specialists in the area and diagnosed me with dyslexia. Okay. And that basically sort of narrowed my journey of how I'm going to adapt and learn through my journey of life. And with that, I've traveled um, many different distances and also met many great scholars and teachers and psychologists and psychiatrists throughout my journeys, trying to figure out how to tap in so that way I could learn like a normal person. But I am not a normal person because I've learned differently than a normal person. So um, I remember after being diagnosed, I went to this school called Marianne Frostic. It was in L.A., And back then, they would group us with the whole spectrum of people with disabilities. And that was physical, um, mental. So I was with students that had autism.
1: Oh, wow. Um, Okay.
0: I was with students that were just in wheelchairs. So I was grouped with all these people. And they were all great people. But all of us learn differently. Yeah. And what happened was I was at the school for about a year and I told my parents at the time, I just didn't like it. Yeah. It just wasn't my fit. So my mom... Again, and there wasn't as many, there wasn't a computer back then, there wasn't cell phones, it was just all like old school stuff. (laughs) 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 Stuff that you probably don't know anything about.
1: (laughs) I really don't. So, it's like back
0: during the caveman days, Lauren. (laughs) So, long story short, here, um, we finally found the right fit for me. But growing up, I was always isolated from oh. grade school to high school. I was always isolated being in a certain class. It was called uh, DSL, Disabled Student Resource Center. Oh, wow. So my experience in school was much different than yeah. a normal person's experience. But the way I learned was a way that a blind person really learns. Oh, wow. So I learned basically everything on tape. Really? So that's how I understand things. Gotcha. And my comprehension nowadays, now fast forwarding it now to today, yeah. is fine, but my reading will always be you know, something that is always going to be difficult for me. And dyslexia, like any disability that anyone has, it could be depression, it could be weight loss. It could be just you name it. Yeah. It's with you forever. Yeah. It's like you want to get rid of it, but it's not. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. So I get that. Yeah. that is my story. <laughs>
1: <Okay>. <laughs> First, I want to say thank you so much, Mark, for sharing your story. I really appreciate it. And thanks for being vulnerable. So while you were at school um, in the DSL um, classes, did, was there any times where because you were in these classes, like, did anyone poke fun at you? Like, was there any sort of meanness?
0: Oh, of course. Yeah. And
1: how did you deal with that?
0: Well, that's a great question, Lauren. It's always been something um, within my life that's always been a hardship because I've always been different yeah. than everyone else. So what happens... Uh, I've been to many psychiatrists and many <laughs> yeah. therapists my whole life, yeah. even now. <laughs> it <Yeah>. doesn't stop. <laughs> yeah, But there's no magic sauce. Yeah. You just learn to cope with with, with people. People are mean. Not everybody, but yeah. there are a handful of people that make you feel not good because they want to feel good about themselves. Yeah. Um, so... Through my journeys, I just learned that whenever someone tells me something, and there have been a lot of people on my journey, and I remember one specific time when I was in, I believe it was seventh grade, okay, and I was with a tutor, and I remember this tutor was up in LA, and basically at the time, LA was like sort of a hub for all these specific type of people that knew how to teach someone like myself gotcha so I remember I'm sitting down and we're like going through and we're reading stuff and mm-hmm. uh, you know and I remember this one time he sort of looked at me he goes Mark he's like you know I don't think you're ever going to graduate from college the way oh he... my
1: god how old were you when he...
0: I was well I was I was in seventh grade so I was like 15, maybe 14, 15. Wow.
1: So you're 15 and this tutor tells you that you will never graduate
0: college. Yeah. So
1: what, like, how do you even process
0: I, It that? was, it was, I remember I told my mom and then that was the last time I went to that tutor. <laughs> yeah. That was number one. But number two was as a child, it affected me realizing yeah. like, gosh, you know, like, am I not good enough? Am yeah. I, and I'm like, just trying to figure out like what. And I sort of felt at that time, like, what's my self-worth? Yeah. So, of course, at the time, you know, uh, having the ability and the capability of having my parents fun for me to go to a psychiatrist. And sort of at that time, it was like sort of play role with the therapy and psychotherapists and all that stuff. So I realized that there are mean people out there. Yeah, no matter what, and everybody—and I don't want to say everybody because there's a lot of nice people out there. Yeah, but the majority of people don't want anyone to succeed or
1: mm, okay,
0: you know, do something that um, will improve you based yeah. on their maybe issues that they may have. Yeah. Now I didn't know this tutor from nobody. Yeah. But long story short, I went to college, graduated. In fact, I went to, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then went to graduate school and then did a lot of other things after that. So when someone tells you you can't do anything, it's almost like a motivation to actually like, you know what? I'm going to do it.
1: Yeah. It's fuel.
0: It's fuel, but it's not the fuel you really want.
1: (laughs) No, no, no. No one's asking for the doubt. Yeah, no no one wants
0: that type of fuel.
1: So when you mentioned that, you know, there are mean people in life and you just kind of like, how do you, though, really shrug it off? Because sometimes, especially nowadays with social media, um, you know, they're more prevalent and it's almost like people aren't. What you really see are the mean comments versus the nice comments. And so how do you shrug off the mean people or mean comments or just something that isn't nice? How do you shrug it off? Because I, it's like I feel like it's very really easy to say like, oh, I don't let it affect me. But but how? Because I feel like that's something I struggle with. And I know a lot of people personally do.
0: I think that's a great question, Lauren. <laughs> okay. um, again, magic sauce. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it's like whatever. Okay, sorry.
0: No, no, it's no, no. I, I'll, I'll answer your question. I, uh, the best way, and I don't. I mean, everyone has their own way of coping yes. with people that do that. Yeah. Now, obviously, even if you get, especially in social media, having um, negative comments.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, they're hurtful. Yeah, And the way that I normally deal with people and with negativity is I just sort of zen out and realize that I'm doing the best I could do and nobody is perfect. Life is not a dress rehearsal, so we all make mistakes. But there's always going to be someone out there Who's going to be critical, who's going to put you down, who's just going to make you feel bad. But those people, after realizing, those are the people that actually are really sad and yeah. they have no life. Yeah. So, but it is sort of a motivation.
1: So, gotcha. To, yeah. So it's kind of just like, realizing where the comments are coming from like who who's actually telling you these things because these people are actually hurt themselves yeah okay yeah yeah Yeah. so
0: you just got to move on not think about it yeah and you just Just and it's hard to do because of course it all affects us yeah but you know it's a new day and we only live once so it's not good to sort of wrap yourself up in all this negativity when yeah. there's such, such an open world and opportunity out in front of us.
1: Very true. Very, very true. There is just so much truth to what Mr. Mark Stark is saying. I am kind of blown away because what he's saying is very true. And, um, you know, for anyone kind of struggling with... Uh, Maybe people who are doubting you or who are telling you you're not good enough or whatever it may be. You know, just follow Mark's philosophy of really thinking about who is saying the critical words instead of kind of valuing everyone's opinions. Anyways, guys, right now we're going to take a quick short break and we'll be back with more from Mr. Mark himself um, go ahead while you're listening to some jazzy music. Follow my Instagram, my life is Podcast. Tweet me at mylifesmsp one Email me, MyLifeIsMSPodcast at gmail.com. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick little break and we'll be back. Uh, cue the music. <laughs> actually jump ahead in time to when you were a famous baker so mark went to culinary school
0: yes that's right lauren and he
1: was like a famous baker
0: i was a famous baker at the time (laughs) and i was in the business for approximately about 10 years um i started from nothing went to culinary school and work myself up, and my I think the the highlight of my work was opening up the Getty Center in Los Angeles, and dealing with um, had a crew of uh, thirty people that I was in control of, and we'd make anywhere from um, ten to forty thousand. Whoa. Pastries a day. That's all by hand.
1: <laughs> that's a wild number.
0: Yeah. But it was fun. It was a challenge.
1: And so for those of you who maybe have been to Mark's Bakery, it was called the Getty. So now you know the magic behind the cookies. That's who made right. the, or pastries, yeah. anything of that sort. We
0: made uh we came up with something, a good snack. It was uh Rice Krispie treats, and we sold so many. I remember we had this big kettle. That I would like have a big wooden spoon and we would just mix the marshmallow and pour in the wow. rice krispie treats. We'd make thousands of them. Sounds and they would so be good. All gone. Of course they were. Yeah. They were all over my waist. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For someone, actually, Mark is also. Are you still weight yeah, yeah, watcher? Yeah, yeah. I'm a lifetimer. Yeah, yeah. Because he time. lost how much weight did you lose, Mark?
0: Thirty-seven pounds.
1: Wow. Round of applause <laughs> yeah. for that one. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's, it, it works. You just got to <laughs> stick to it.
1: Yeah. It does work, guys. Weight Watchers is amazing. Go ahead. And,
0: and just um, go ahead.
1: Yeah. Just try it out. It's really good. I'm still on it, guys. Just letting you know. I'm doing my best.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think we all are doing our best.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Okay, so go on. We're back so,
0: back to the interview.
1: Yeah, exactly. So you have the Getty.
0: So I was at the Getty for about three years. Okay. But prior to that, I was living in San Francisco. Okay. And I was working out there and I had two bakeries out in San Francisco. And I was manufacturing a type of cookie called okay. Mandelbreit. What's it, it called? Mandelbreit. It's almost like a biscotti. Okay. And
1: don't really know what that is, but just let's keep going.
0: They're damn good.
1: <laughs> I'm sure they
0: are. Okay. Anyhow, so Getty and then after the Getty, I Lemme last bakery was on Babel Island.
1: Oh wow. Okay. And
0: we made cinnamon rolls.
1: Very nice. And
0: they were pretty really damn good. cinnamon rolls.
1: Okay, Mark, let me make sure I'm getting this correct. So you, throughout your lifespan, have had three different bakeries? Three
0: different bakeries and and a couple different jobs. Okay. And a lot of varicose veins on my feet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, awesome. Okay, so now let's continue with the story. So you're baking, you're having a good time.
0: I'm having always a great time. Baking's very therapeutic um, where you have to mix things together, and if they don't come out right, then you got to start over again. Yeah. Uh, but I remember my last bakery, which was in Newport Beach on Babel Island, and it was a great place. The place was very small. I just
1: burped. Okay, That's continue.
0: okay. We'll we have to continue. <laughs> okay. Anyhow. Um, and I remember one day... This guy came over because the health department came and they were going to not close me down, but they were giving me a warning. And if anyone doesn't know, the health department is almost like the police department (laughs) of restaurants. They came and they asked me to fix the door and the showcase and a bunch of stuff in the bakery that needed to be done. And if I need to get it fixed by a certain time or they're going to close me up. So I was sort of searching all around, like, who does this stuff? Yeah. And I'm so busy that I don't have time to do it. So I had to hire somebody. So this guy came. He was probably in my place for maybe two, three hours, fixed everything. And he gave me a bill. And I'm looking at the bill and I'm like, hold on. He was here for three hours. He gives me this bill. And I like work all day. Yeah. And I realized that something's wrong. Yeah, and that's where I made a situation change. Okay, and from baking, I went into the construction business.
1: Okay, now pause because there's a lot in that right there. So, um, after the health department came by, like at that point in your time in the baking world, were you getting kind of tired of it? Like, what was your mental space through that period?
0: The great question, Lauren. Everybody in life—and I don't want to say everybody, but, yeah. but the majority of people get burnt out.
1: Yeah, and no, it's that understandable. Just,
0: just happens. Yeah. Even in school, even going on a diet.
1: Yeah, no, for sure.
0: Even working out, just yeah. stuff that we do normally, we get burnt out. But it's different when it's a career because, yeah, in life you get to a certain point where you have to make a living. Yeah. And provide for yourself. Yeah. And I realized that this type of work that I was doing wasn't, it was profitable, but it wasn't, I lost the passion. Gotcha. And when I lost the passion, even though I'm going to stick with it because I have this bakery, I just can't and walk away. the connections
1: and you, you know, like you've built a name for yourself So it's understandable. Like you can't, it was. You
0: just can't walk away because it's an actual physical space. Yeah. So what I did, I've I've met a lot of people in my time there. This guy came in and he was like from New York. And he he was like sort of a, like a, he, he was, he was a good sales guy. Yeah. And he sold restaurants. And I'm like, listen, you know, this place is for sale. And I just figured, you know, why not?
1: I want to dive a little deeper, though. Let's go. Because you're doing it, you're baking, you have a name for yourself, you have your own business, you've had various yeah. places of business. That's right. So, and then you see this guy who, only for a couple hours of work, is making good money, respectable um, respectable job, Yeah. and you're like, well, fuck. Like, I... That's pretty fucking cool, right? That's
0: right. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. (laughs) So, but I mean, was it just in the snap of your fingers? You're like, okay, forget it. I'm going to do that. Or like, was there anything making you feel, was there anything holding you back? Like, ah, I don't know if I can. Was there any self-doubt? Like what was kind of going through your mind? Because I feel like that's a very, it's like a jump. It is a leap. And some people- Big jump. Yeah. And some people- There's definitely a lot of people who are very unhappy in their place of work, but Mm -hmm. they're afraid to make that jump or leap. And so how did you go through the process of making the decision? Like, did you just know in an instant or did it take some time to think like pros and cons list? Like what was what was the action? What was leading up to the action?
0: What? Uh, Yes. (laughs) Is the interview done yet? (laughs) I'm sweating bullets. Uh, not quite no, yet. no, I'm just yeah. joking. Anyhow, um, in life, sometimes you just know when you know. Okay, it's a feeling, and it's not like you know going from baking into what I got into now, which is I primarily deal with restaurant maintenance because of that one guy coming yeah. into my place. But it took me years to get to that point. Um. But I realized that my happiness and or my passion was gone when I was a baker. Even though it's a great, great um, career, yeah, uh, it just didn't go where I wanted it to go. Yeah, and as I shared with you at the at the get go, life is not a dress rehearsal, meaning that you only have one sort of shot. Yeah and if you're in something that you're not 100% you've got to move on yeah. and try something a little different wow now of course nothing's guaranteed
1: nothing is guaranteed and
0: so you yeah. just never know <laughs> yeah. and so i never knew but just because of me i'm always determined to give a 110% period yeah and i always strive for success no matter what i do I always want to be the best at that. And I think having that mindset and that ability to put forward, I think anyone could be successful at whatever they're planning to do. If it's a career change uh, or if it's, you know, changing uh, your career or uh, major in college or you know, whatever it may be. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. But if you're going to make that decision, you got to stick with it.
1: Yeah. You can't like... Gotta stick. Yeah. So all my life, my passion was film. And there would be times when I was super passionate about it and then there would be times when I wasn't too passionate about it. But I kind of stuck with it because I would find the love and passion for it again. Um... However, I was still young, still am young. And so- Very young. Yeah, and so it wasn't like- You
0: don't want to get to my age.
1: <laughs> well, I'm going to be there sooner or later. But um, there was, I wasn't necessarily in a career yet. And so I kind of like still have time to like dance around. But um, I don't know, I guess for people out there who are, let's say- in their mid 40s and they're kind of like they're not really sure maybe they're a lawyer right now and you know they've worked so hard to be a lawyer and you know they're a lawyer and they're super successful but they slowly start realizing they kind of lost the passion for it and they're not able to put 110 percent into it so what would be some advice you would give them being that you kind of like switch your careers and What would you tell them if they lost their passion and they clearly want to do something else? They're just afraid to make that jump or that leap.
0: Exactly. I think is whatever you decide in terms of, because normally if you feel not happy with a job or a career and you spend all this time putting your heart into it, You should have a plan B because uh, obviously if plan A is not working, you got to go with the plan B and focus laser focus on that and try to become successful at that. Now, given that there are a lot of very successful people in this world that have tried over and over and over to become successful. I don't really. I mean, I I, I'm trying to think of somebody offhand right now, but uh, like business people, yeah, people who come up with like different products, um, they could come out with twenty products that are just duds, yeah, and then one day after twenty years, they come out with this product that just hits, but they stuck with what they passion was is to develop product. The transition sometimes to go from one career to another career is very hard. There's no secret um, sauce <laughs> <laughs> that I could give you. Yeah. But if anything, if whoever plans to make a career change have at least an idea of what is next versus just quitting, getting rid of your position or job or whatever it may be and have somewhat of an idea to move forward because otherwise what happens is called stalling and idle, which is not a good thing because then depression sets in and a lot of...
1: you and kind of feel stuck maybe. Stuck
0: and it's always best to... Always have a plan B or even a plan C or it could even plan D, but at least have a plan.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I gotcha. I fully um, agree with you.
0: Yeah, thanks, Lauren.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I want to know what the biggest lesson is that you've learned from your hardships, whether it's dyslexia or transitioning or whatever you want to focus on. Or it could be a couple life lessons, whatever, whatever, whatever's... Tickling your toes. <laughs>
0: yeah, a lot tickling in my toes. <laughs> I think my life my life lesson is what I've learned from my dad was having a value of working and sticking with it. And that's something that he's instilled in with me as a young child is that I work very hard. And when you work hard at whatever it may be, you will be successful at it. There's no doubt. And that is something that I've learned that no one could take away from me. Um, and I think that would be, I think that would probably be. Wow. You know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very yeah, cool. Yeah.
1: I mean, it makes sense, this lesson, because you can see through what you've talked about. You've always talked about your ethic of hardworking and how it's gotten you here. So that's very awesome and cool to hear. And I love that perspective. Save money. (laughs) Another one. Okay.
0: That's another one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This has been such a fun time. I want to say such a huge thank you for Mark for coming on this podcast, being vulnerable, sharing his story and how, you know, at times life seemed a little bit confusing, little, you know, fuzzy, but he managed to overcome it and he's very positive happy laughy man (laughs) 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 and um one thing i want to do to end off this podcast is for mark to share a positive quote so drum roll please
0: storms don't last forever
1: there you go. There we <laughs> that was, go. That was it, guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Thanks again, Mark, for coming. Thanks. Thank you for being vulnerable, for sharing everything he had to share. There's a lot of value in what we just listened to, and I'm so excited that we got to hear it. Um, also, guys, I hope you have a wonderful evening, afternoon, morning, whenever you're listening to this. I hope you guys have a happy day, a happy week, happy year, and happy life. Listen life gets messy shit happens but guess what that's completely okay we're all human we're all trying to figure it out and no one is perfect so take on life with a smile make plenty of mistakes i love you guys so much thanks for hanging out with me and also mark yes Yes. Yes. and um i hope you guys have an awesome year life uh peace people cue the music